hello welcome to Veiler interpretations i want to start off by just saying that i am on my own kind of personal gender journey still i think we all always are and I've only recently kind of realized that I don't totally feel like a girl all the time and that I haven't felt like that. So a lot of these interpretations and these perspectives are coming from that point of view as like a baby non-binary person, I guess. <laughs> and doing these interpretations was a very like personal thing, even more personal in the ways that we do like like queer or like sapphic interpretations. Like it just it felt very, very personal. Um, so I totally understand if a lot of this isn't going to relate to every gender non-conforming person who's watching or um, everyone who is like a Thaler or whatever. Um, but I really wanted to make sure we had some sort of Thaler presentation and it was really good just um, for myself and it was very healing to do all of this. So I'm excited to show you guys the things that I've found in the past couple of weeks but I just wanted to give that little disclaimer because like the things that I'm saying just like the things we say on the archers or like any interpretations in the Gaylor sphere they're all for you to decide these are just my own personal interpretations and a lot of it is based off of very like gender stereotypical heteronormativity standards and things um, just because that is the society that I and we function within so please don't think that I support binary gender stereotypes if it comes up it, it's just an observation of how society sees girls versus boys you know you know what i'm saying y'all get it um i just wanted to give that little disclaimer though so this is going to be Thaler interpretations i think one of the biggest things that has made me a Thaler is the fact that taylor loves to say <laughs> that it's from a man's perspective and she loves to sing from a man's perspective and from the beginning of time, from the beginning of her making music, that's been a part of her storytelling. And that was kind of the first things that I um, noticed when I realized that there was even a Thaler community. I was like, oh, yeah, of course there's a Thaler community. Taylor loves to pretend she's a man. Um, <laughs> so that's why I titled it From a Man's Perspective. And as we know, gender is a performance. So this is going to explore Taylor's use of gender performance and... The use of gender in her performances. Uh -huh. And I found this meme on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> Time to fucking marry Juliet. Because love story, that's the man's perspective. She loves the man's perspective in love story. So I thought that was fucking hilarious because she's literally like, marry me, Juliet. She is Romeo and she wears the Romeo shirt. We'll get to it. Don't worry. So like I said, from the beginning of time, Taylor loved singing from a man's perspective. So during the debut era, the first thing that jumped out to me looking at debut from this very specific lens. Yes, Tess, thank you. My, my pronouns are they, them. Thank you. Sometimes I rock with she too. It's like, if it's camp, you can say she. You know, you get it. I'm like a drag queen, so. So Tim McGraw. In that song, she quite literally says word for word. When you think of Tim McGraw, the male country artist, I hope you think of me. I hope that the masculinity from his music and the deep voice and this male country singer, I hope you think of me. So like from the debut of her career, she's saying, I am the same as the men in country music. I align myself with men that sing and I align myself with 
the way that they sing about women. And then, of course, there's the classic line that Gaylers, Gaylers love to compare to the way I loved you to. Or is it the way I loved you or the other side of the door? One of those two mentions blue jeans and a little black dress. But originally it was in Tim McGraw where she said, think of my head on your chest and my old faded blue jeans. So she's stating that she's the one wearing the blue jeans and the subject of the song is the one in the little black dress. So again, her aligning herself with the more masculine kind of side of dress with jeans, her old faded blue jeans. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she mentions the jeans too in, in You Belong With Me. But yeah, again, it's her kind of drifting outside of the binary immediately from the beginning of her, her career in such a like loud way. But when you just listen to it and you think of a teenage girl just singing it, it's just like endearing and, and cute. And you picture her in a little black dress and then her in the blue jeans. But I don't know. When I look back on it, that's not what I picture anymore. So that's just another way to look at that. And then in the song Invisible, she says, you can't see me wanting you the way you want her. And she's talking about a boy, quote unquote, right? So if we go from the perspective of her talking about a boy in this song, she's saying like, I admire you in the way that you admire her. I admire the way that you want her because I want to want women in the same way that you do. That's kind of how I read it. And I just think that's very interesting because Taylor has this um, desire to love women in a way that a man does and not even in, of course, in her like sapphic, sapphic ways. But she loves to say like, if I was a man, I would do all the same things. Like I, I drink old fashions like a man. It's just very interesting that even as a teenager, I'm sure none of this was intentionally her being non-binary, Taylor Swift, in 2006. But if we put that lens on it, it is fascinating. And it could be a very subconscious thing where she just really enjoys being in that masculine kind of energy. Yeah, exactly. Elliot said, so much of my attraction to men growing up was just gender envy. And that's something that I'm I'm figuring out too. It's like the men that I I've, have been so attracted to my whole life, I'm really just like kind of want to be them. Like, I'm like, you're really cool. <laughs> and then of course, the line from A Place in This World. Oh, I'm just a girl. I'm just a girl. She loves talking about like these gender binaries. And even if it's in like this Southern country way, it's so camp to look back on. You're not just a girl, Taylor Swift. You have no idea what ends up coming next. You eventually put on drag and become the man and everyone knows you as king eventually. You're not just a girl. But that also just goes to show like misogyny. Like she really just downplays herself and her worth in that song being like, I'm just a girl. I'm lost in this world. So drama. But truly, I think a really great um, metaphor for how it feels to be non-binary. And you're just like, no, I'm just a girl, right? Like I'm just... This is just what I am. I'm trying to find a place, but the place that I want to be in exists between two things and it's not a part of the binary that everyone else lives in. So that's where it ends. That's where it starts and that's where it ends. And that's what I find the most about debut is that she finds like the magic in like these in-between moments. And I think that's what being non-binary and what non-binary thinking like aside from gender as a whole has to do with. It's like, there's the black, there's the white, and then there's the gray. And Taylor does a really great job in debut of naming 
the black and the white, but then appreciating the gray area in the middle and like the magic that comes from mixing both the female gaze, the male gaze, and both of the genders. Pauline said, this is giving me an existential crisis. I feel you. That's why I said my disclaimer at the beginning. This presentation ended up being a lot more um, personal than I intended it to be because it, it had me really reflecting on things and and the music that I listen to all the time. <laughs> like, I don't know. Very interesting. So I'm going to go ahead and move on from debut now, but just know that she was really in her cowboy era in debut. You'll see in these, um, throughout the presentation, I try to pick her most like quote unquote non-binary looking pictures. There's not a way to look non-binary. So like, don't think that you have to dress a certain way to be non-binary. But I picked like the most quint quintessential non-binary looking pictures. So then we go on to Fearless in 2008. And in this album, she instead of naming the two binaries, she kind of puts like a value on on each different, like on boys and on girls and on what girls do and on what boys do. So for example, the title track, like for you, I dance in a storm in my best dress. And you know what that means because I'm a girl. And if I'm wearing my best dress in a storm, then that must be, that must mean so much, right? Because I put so much... Um, value on this dress and what it means to my gender and to my identity and what it means to my value around other people and that's always how I've seen this song it's very much like if if I would dance in, a, in the rain in my best dress then you have to know that I care about you because that's me putting down the entire performance that I do every day for the value that I receive from other people if that makes sense. Emma Richards just mentioned the song Mandolin, I think it's called. And in that song, she literally says, I'm the guy that plays the mandolin. I have to be honest, I didn't have a lot of time to um, pull together her unreleased songs that have to do with Thaler, but I will eventually be making a comprehensive uh, list because her unreleased songs are even more Thaler coded, obviously, just like they're really gay. <laughs> but yeah, she does. She does name herself as the guy that plays the mandolin and eventually plays the mandolin in the Willow music video. We'll get to Willow. Um, but yeah, she puts like this value on what it means to be a girl and what it means to be a boy, because of course she's getting older, too. So she was a younger teenager during debut. And as she got older, she started realizing what it meant and what these roles really meant to her and like started applying it to herself and seeing it in her real life. And that shows, too, in 15 when she says laughing at the other girls who think they're so cool. So, you know, that stereotype of like, girls are mean and they make fun of other girls and they think they're so cool and we're not like the other girls. <laughs> that's very much how Taylor felt about her and Abigail. And um, that's honestly how non-binary people feel too. In like a, like, if you're not looking at it from like a pick me way, which I hate that term, but like, if you're not looking at it from a pick me way, quote unquote, pick me girls are they just feel different from other girls. And then she kind of opposes that too by talking about the boys in high school. And it's like the boys who drive cars, you know, like the date that um, Abigail went on, he had a car and she felt like flying because like boys are supposed to have cars. And that was a really big deal for Abigail. And I love 15 because it's, it's not about Taylor. Technically, it's about her witnessing to and being an ally to Abigail's kind of first relationship or first date or first boyfriend, first crush. And something about that is very 
tailor coded of being like an outsider and and it's it's like what it's like to be a writer too and kind of queer um just being on the outside kind of observing everything and taking note of it that's very much how i see 15 she's an observer of both she's seeing both of the gender roles and how they work and she's like i can't place myself in this but she'll sing about it the idea that with the storm in the best dress means she'd ruin her gender performance and break from the expectation brings a whole new meaning to the term fearless exactly thank you delady it it it, it is cuz the fact that so much value is put on that nice dress when it doesn't really mean anything you get it a little wet but that is such a big deal to her because there's so much value held on that societally oh it's crazy it's crazy i'm gonna take a little sip of coffee if you have something to drink take a little sip there we go um so then we get to the very iconic we get to the very iconic gayler song the way i loved you and i've always laughed at this part of the song where she's talking about the boy, right? And the the boy that she's so comfortable with, that it's fine. She's like, I'm comfortable. And she's talking about how he relates to her family. And she says, he's close to my mother, which of course Taylor cares about. Like, I want you to be close to my mom because I'm close to my mom. I'm besties with my mom. But then she says, he talks business with my father. And to me, to someone who doesn't care about those things, who doesn't really have a father figure in my life, I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why that would be a determining factor for, like, dating someone. And when I think about it from, like, a gender perspective, it's very interesting. Because why is that the only value you put on him as a man? He has to be able to talk business with your father because business is a man thing and that's what men are expected to do. And I wear my nice dress and he talks business. <laughs> and I don't know if this is actually what Taylor's perspective on gender was at this point or if it was kind of her just trying to lean into the country southern kind of expectations of how they see gender and how they see teenage girls and she was just really leaning into that but I think it's a little bit of both it is a little bit sad to think about the fact that she could have truly believed that like she could have been compet at this time <laughs> like and she could have truly believed that that was a determining factor for her relationship and for loving this man is that oh well he talks business with my father that's a really great thing but then it brings me to the fact that Taylor also loves to talk business. We know that Taylor does a lot of her own business deals and that she has always been super involved in her business as much as she can anyway, from what we see. But for the most part, from what I've read, even though there's a lot of things she can't control, there's like more things that she can't control. And Taylor is very business savvy. And so her seeing business as like this masculine thing at this time and then going on to, I mean, even at this time, she embodied like businesswoman, girl boss. So it's kind of incredible that she aligns herself in that way and she doesn't even realize it. It's kind of subconscious, you know? Straits place a lot of emphasis on the patriarch's approval, particularly within the Southern patriarchy, like walking down the aisle and approval for hand in marriage. Exactly, Avery. Um, another part where she kind of applies these, like, Southern gender roles, like, very movie-like scene is where in Hey Steven, she names herself as 
the one tossing rocks at his window. And she says, I'll be the one waiting there even when it's cold, which is so interesting. I never even noticed this in this song until I was doing this presentation. And she places herself as like kind of the masculine person in this relationship, because if I'm not like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's usually the guys that throw windows at, or throw rocks at the window and then they hold the speaker or whatever. Like that's the trope. So I love that in Hey Steven, she's like, no, I'm tossing rocks at your window. She's the prince. She's the king. She's Romeo, right? And that brings me to my next point, Jem. Thank you. The Fearless Taylor's Version album cover. She is wearing the Romeo shirt now. Before she was in her big ball gown to be Juliet in the music video. She's very princess-like. But then for Fearless Taylor's Version, she is wearing Romeo's shirt. and. It just brings so much love to my heart. And we will get to her performance with um, Haim too later, where she performed Love Story. And again, I truly believe that she believes she is Romeo now. And that's how I choose to see it. And that's how Sue sees it. The Glee reference, I had to get it in there. So now we move into Speak Now. That photo of her at the American Music Awards with the straightened hair, it was one of the first times that Taylor publicly straightened her hair. And she wore, like, the clip-in bangs, I think. I think they're clip-in. This is also around the time that in interviews, she was saying that her team was encouraging her to try out new hairstyles and that they didn't really think the curly hair was working anymore, um, that people were getting sick of seeing it. So keep that in mind as we get to, like, her references here. So, of course, mine is the iconic Gaylor song. And she says in that song, you made a rebel of a careless man's careful daughter. And rebel is a word that was used, of course, during the Civil War here in the United States. I won't get into that reference, but I did have to name it. Rebel is also a word that was used by David Bowie in his song Rebel Rebel, which we know Taylor is a fan of David Bowie and references him later on in 1989 in New Romantics. So I went and looked at the lyrics for Rebel Rebel because I remembered that song existing and I remembered it being kind of like um, androgynous because that's what New Romantics is. That's what David Bowie is. And I found the lyric, which I'm pretty sure the song opens with this. You've got your mother in a whirl. She's not sure if you're a boy or a girl. Hey, babe, your hair is all right. And I just think that this could have very well been a direct reference to it. And I will choose to believe that. Because if you picture her saying, you made a rebel, you made me this non-binary, androgynous, like, living outside of the lines, rebel. And I was just a careless man's careful daughter. And now I'm a rebel. I'm not a daughter. I'm not a son. I'm just a rebel. So I love that little reference. And then, of course, in the song Speak Now, she opens up with, I'm not the kind of girl who should be rudely barging in, right? And it sounds so sarcastic to me, and it always has, so I just wanted to include it in here. It's like a place in this world where she's like, I'm not the kind of girl. I'm just a girl. Like, it's very... She's playing a character. But then in the bridge, she's singing, right, from a man's perspective. Or not the bridge. I think it's the last chorus or something. But by the end of the song, she's singing in the man's perspective. That's the point. And she says, I'll meet you when I'm out of my tux at the back door. Because now she's the groom all of a sudden, right? She's Romeo. And that part as a kid always made me feel so happy to scream it. I would sing it so loud 
be like, when I'm out of my tux at the back door. Because it made me feel so powerful. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm wearing the tux. That's another thing I'm realizing. It doesn't matter if you don't feel like a man. If you like the power of what it feels like to be a man, that's valid for, like, your gender performance. As long as you're not misusing it. Oh, my God. Just know it's camp. It's like drag king. Anyways. Um... (laughs) Then she goes into the song Innocent, and this was just a very non-binary way of thinking for me in like a more abstract way, the line where she says, minds change like the weather, today's never too late to be brand new. The song Innocent is already very emotional. I don't listen to it a lot because it is so sad, but I listened to it fully for this presentation, and that part just really stuck out to me because it felt so queer coded it felt so non-binary coded and just freeing to know like you can just change your mind at any time and your mind will change like the weather just like your gender will and the way that you perform it and of course in long live she states you traded your baseball cap for a crown and it's supposed to be kind of this metaphor for fame so it's really interesting to imagine taylor as this like tomboy growing up which she was her mom has talked about it she's talked about it Um, And then having to like trade in her baseball cap to have this like very feminine persona and to be Taylor Swift. So a very literal way of saying that I had to be more feminine in order for my career to work. So I traded in my baseball cap. And then later on, she talks about it too in, is it call it what you want when she says they took the crown, but it's all right. She's like, it's all right. They took the crown, but I'm back to my baseball cap, so it's totally fine. (laughs) This could also be a great reference to Taylor being tomboy or being kind of like gender nonconforming as a kid. In the Mean Music video, there is a little girl with a blue bow trying to walk up to a lunch table of all these girls with pink bows on their dresses. And um, they reject her. And then she goes and eats lunch in the bathroom. And this music video as a kid I was like oh my god I totally relate like I I get bullied too and queer people are are bullied and like ostracized even if they don't know that they're queer because being queer gender or sexuality just means being different from people and there was a really really interesting video I found of Andrea Swift talking about Taylor as a kid and being like she was just really different and everyone was like that doesn't make sense because Taylor's this like pretty popular blonde skinny girl and Andrea goes yeah but what she looks like doesn't matter if she thinks differently from all the other kids she had different ideas and that stuck out to me because it reminded me of this video like it's like yeah like you could still be a pretty little girl and they don't want to play with you if you think differently if you're pushing against binaries if you're trying to do something different you know So yeah, I wanted to name that. And then of course we see in this video the Easter egg, I guess. I don't think this was intentional for years and years later, but the Willow street sign in that music video right there. um, Later on we hear Willow and she sings in a very similar manner in the Willow music video on a stage like that with a backdrop and with her mandolin this time instead of a banjo. So she is the guy that plays the mandolin. Insane. Okay. This is one of my favorite eras. I also just think all of her photo shoots from this era are amazing. The one with that um, Letterman jacket, incredible, incredible. That's James with skateboard. Like, So some lyrics that stuck out to me in red, in Treacherous, when she says, all we are is skin and bone, trained to get along. This is a very non-binary way of thinking. It's a very queer way of thinking. 
of just we're just skin and bone. It doesn't really fucking matter what I put on it. It doesn't matter what performance I put on. We are all just skin and bone. Exactly. It's a way to remove gender from the scenario. It's a way to completely remove that and be like, I just like people. Like I'm I'm just a person. It doesn't matter. I'm not I'm not just a girl. I'm skin and bone. Um another really funny one from Holy Ground. Spinning like a girl in a brand new dress. This is one of the ways that she uses gender performance as a metaphor because this is something so silly. Like by this point, she clearly is understanding that gender and sexuality are like, or I feel like at this point she was developing her own kind of sense of identity with both of those things. So it's very funny and kind of like joking and like camp for her to say, spinning like a girl in a brand new dress. It's like, yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? You know what it's like to be a girl in a brand new dress. It's just so silly, and it's kind of like the prequel to Fearless, Um, because later on, she's like, I'll dance in the rain in my brand new dress. I don't care. So then in the lucky one, of course, oh, God, this song hurts. She says, you had it figured out since you were in school. Everybody loves pretty. Everybody loves cool. And I think that she's kind of talking about gender here. She's saying everyone loves pretty girls and cool boys. And I think she's saying, like, I wanted to be both. I'm really cool and I'm really pretty. So it's hard when you're both of those things because then people don't like you because you're a threat when you're both things. In this song, she also talks about being transformed into a 50s queen overnight and again, trading in her baseball bat for her baseball bat. Oh, God. No, don't give Taylor Swift a baseball bat. <laughs> Um, her baseball cap for a crown again and before I leave this slide I just want to admire this picture on the beach if you haven't seen this full photo shoot it's so cute of her like running around on the beach and just being like her little inner child and she's giving James Dean she's giving James I just love it okay so 1989 I I couldn't pull exact lyrics for this album I couldn't do it I couldn't do it so I just want to talk more abstract about this album and the ways that she uses binary as a whole, not even just gender binary, but like opposites, opposites and oppositions in this album. So in the entire album, she mentions things like king, queen, heaven, sin, stolen kisses, pretty lies, good girl faith, tight little skirt, everything and nothing. It ends, it begins, it's good, it's bad, it's alive, it's dead. All of these contradicting ideas. And that's what binaries are, right? In a very abstract, like, pulled back way, this album is very similar to debut in the way that she encapsulates the gray area. And in your early 20s, I think that's something that you're learning already anyways, is how to realize that many things can be true at once. And this love is good and it's bad and I want it, but I know I don't. Like, it's very happy, free, confused, and lonely. (laughs) So for 1989, I think that's the most important thing to me is that She's applying these emotions and she's recognizing all of them. She's not just recognizing the good emotions from her relationship or from moving to New York or whatever it may be. She acknowledges even in Welcome to New York, the lights are so bright. They don't blind me, but they are so bright. And opening up the album even by saying boys and boys and girls and girls, it's like, what about all the other people though? It's just very interesting. She really embodies the binary in this album while simultaneously pushing up against it because she is embodying both sides of this like contradictory thinking, the black and white thinking. So yeah, 
1989 for you. All right. Reputation, you guys. Reputation. She starts off the album with Ready For It, and she names her subject as a ghost, and then says, I can be a phantom. So if we pretend that she is talking about Joe or a man, she's saying, if he's a ghost, I could be a phantom. And a ghost and a phantom are pretty much the same thing. So it's very interesting for her to say, well, I'm a phantom and he's a ghost. We're the same thing. We're doing the same thing. Except phantoms, I believe, are more visible than ghosts. So she's just more visibly, more visible to the public eye than he is. That's a bearded conversation, but I just thought it was interesting that she compares herself to him. And then in I Did Something Bad, she says, they're burning all the witches, even if you aren't one. Now, I am a believer that anyone can be a witch, no matter what gender you are. So her saying, they're burning all the witches, and I'm not even one. I'm not even the women that they're looking for. Like, I'm so much more than a woman or a witch. So then, in Getaway Car, she name drops her favorite drink. I knew it from the uh, the first old-fashioned we were cursed. Now, I couldn't have this presentation without mentioning Fletcher, who is a lesbian musician. She went on TikTok Live a while back, and she said that she was at a party with Taylor Swift and (laughs) that Taylor was drinking an old-fashioned, and she told Fletcher that she drinks them because it's a man's drink. And then Fletcher said, yeah, you're the fucking man. And I just know that Taylor got the most euphoric feeling from hearing that. And then later on, what Katie and I discovered as we are reading Blue Blood, which is Rebecca Harkness's um, biography, is that William Harkness actually died from heart failure because of his alcoholism. And it says in the book, like word for word, that he wouldn't stop drinking old fashions, that he loved his old fashions so much that he couldn't stop. And then he died. So it's interesting to think about the lyric. It must have been her fault. His heart gave out in the last great American dynasty because it's just simply not true. It's not It's not her fault. It's his fault. <laughs> but Taylor's aligning herself with William Bowery. And this is kind of the first like major confirmation that we got, I feel like. But King of My Heart needed an entire slide. This is the song that inspired me to even do this presentation. First thing she says in the song is, I'm perfectly fine. I live on my own. I made up my mind. I'm better off being alone. So she's already naming the fact that she is alone. And to me, this signals that she is the king of her heart. Now let's look through that perspective for the rest of the song. That she's the king of her heart. That she's singing to herself. She's saying, you try you try on calling me baby like trying on clothes. One of the biggest parts of gender performance and gender identity is trying on clothes and noticing how you feel seeing yourself in them, right? So this lyric is just so specific and fits so perfectly for a they learn interpretation of like, now I get to try on like all these different identities and my partner is calling me baby in the way that I like to be seen too, in the clothes that I like to be seen in. She says, salute to me, I'm your American queen, which is so funny because Miss Americana to her, I think, has become just a persona and it's just who she is to the public eye. And it's pretty clear through the documentary that she doesn't necessarily completely identify with the idea of being Miss Americana. But here she's saying, I'm your American queen. And you can only be saluted to if you are around a lot of people, right? So 
the only time that she is the American queen and she's being saluted to is when she's on a stage, when she's in front of an audience, when she's around a lot of people who are saluting to her because she's the American queen, right? But then she goes on to make fun of all the boys with their expensive cars and their Range Rovers and Jaguars because she's like, that is not what masculinity is. This toxic, capitalistic, heteronormative idea of masculinity is not what it is. I mean, I get saluted to every night as an American queen and I'm more masculine than that. <laughs> like, that's how I read that line. And then, of course, like she talked about skin and bone and treacherous. And by the end of this song, she's saying my broken bones are mending. These inner parts of her that were so broken and that she didn't feel comfortable in her own body are mending. And then the contradictory line of having a schoolgirl crush. Like, when you think schoolgirls, you don't think of beer or plastic cups. So I like that contradiction, too, because it's another, like, fake, funny little camp line, like the American Queen line. It's, like, up on the roof with a schoolgirl crush, but we're drinking beer out of plastic cups. Like, these two very different non-binary things. Amazing. Incredible. And of course, this is a screenshot at the bottom right of her making King of My Heart. And it's the most mask that I think I've ever seen her in my entire fucking life. Um, so I do want to try to play a part of that video today so that we can all just really feel um, the energy from this video because it's also just one of my favorites and it gives me an excuse to watch it again. So let's do it. And all that was that video is also the first time that i felt a little bit attracted to miss swift and i have never felt that before so that's really funny now we get to lover I didn't even know like how to include the man because it's just the entire song and I don't think I need to say a lot about it. But um, something I did note is the fact that she says I'd be a fearless leader. And it's just so interesting that she uses the word fearless when that is such a iconic word in her career and in her discography. So she's naming the song where she talks about dancing in her best dress in a song where she's talking about being the man. And kind of just like overriding the idea of what fearless means. And I am obsessed with that progression. So I wanted to name that before talking about anything else having to do with the man. And this is what she said about the man. So the, her own kind of words. And I thought this was interesting. She said, it's a thought experiment of sorts. If I had made all the same choices, all the same mistakes, all the same accomplishments, how would it be read? And then we see her talking about getting bitches and models, raking in dollars. In the video, we see her getting up from a bed with a naked woman and flipping off her dad and throwing tennis balls at him. Yeah, the tennis scene is very reminiscent of what she describes in um, Folklore Long Pond Sessions about Seven, where she says, like, I, like, when did I stop screaming and throwing the cereal at my mom? But then in this video, we see her like literally throwing things at her dad. Again, I do want to watch a little bit behind the scenes of this video just to see her in this like 
mask moment because she was having such a blast. Like I have muscle suits on underneath things. I had, I don't even want to talk to you what else. I don't even want to tell you about it. This is a family show. I just need to never ever make movements that would come out of it. Yeah. 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 Which is hard because yeah. my whole life is just being like right. I was so stoked to have a movement coach help me with um things like, you know, I've never thought about how men walk. I just it's never something that's interested me before. But that you know they walk differently than we do. Yeah. The, and how do you check somebody? You check out their boobs and then their butt. You know, I've never smoked a cigar before. For someone who's never smoked a cigar before, she does an awfully good job at doing it, in my opinion. And then one more video that I wanted to watch with you guys specifically. It doesn't really have to do with Thaler, but I think that we will all appreciate this moment together and. I just don't think the Gaylor community has ever really talked about this. So I just need all of us to bring our attention to this wonderful work of art that is the behind the scenes of her filming that scene with Scott Swift. I thought Gaylor Fest was the only appropriate place for us to celebrate this. So we have a very special performance in this video and that is my dad playing the umpire of the tennis match where I have a royal meltdown because the umpire calls my shot out and Basically, I started pelting my dad with tennis balls, which was, I think, exhilarating for both of us. I think it was a real bonding experience. He's pretty proud of himself. I've never been prouder of his acting skills, which who knew? Who knew he had a passion for it? I didn't know. He's going to start auditioning now. Great job, dad. That was yeah, exquisite. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that before. I hadn't, I don't think. Or if I had, I hadn't remembered it. And it literally had me dying laughing because she is literally in a bit in that little interview she's like yeah it's a real bonding experience he's gonna audition now <laughs> like i can't and she's pelting tennis balls and she's like great acting great acting i know he gets the applause and the pat on the back as he's walking away it's so funny also this is slide 13 of my presentation and i just realized that again in lover there's more to get to other than the man surprisingly she says and i think he knows we can follow the sparks i'll drive and driving is a very masculine thing to do in this society. And so I think it's cute that she's like, I'll drive. Don't worry about it. When she's saying him, thinking about a man, she's like, we can follow the sparks. I'll drive. You don't get behind the wheel. I'm, I hold the power here. Um, I also love the lyric, his hands around a cold glass make me want to know that body like it's mine. If that's not the most gender envious line I've ever heard in my life, I don't even know what else she could be referring to in this um <laughs> like she's like i like seeing his big man hands on a cold glass i want to know his body like it's mine i want it. i want my hands around a cold glass like that because i like old fashions i could do that and then in miss americana and the heartbreak prince which my theory is that she is both those things um miss americana being her public persona and the heartbreak prince being her private persona so she rips up her prom dress right at the beginning of the song. She is no longer Miss Americana for the rest of the song, right? She's the heartbaked prince, but at one point she was Miss Americana. Um, she says, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. So she's like, I do my stupid gender connections, or connections, my stupid gender performances, and I win stupid prizes because I put on my nice little dress and everyone respects me. This is a photo that is Thaler proof. This is from when Red Taylor's version came out. She was recreating an old photo she took during the original Red era. 
and she was like, it's the last day before the red Taylor's version era. And this is James. So I just wanted to include this as Taylor proof because she's wearing corduroy pants and a baseball cap. The one she traded in for a crown. Um, so these slides are were added pretty last minute, if you can't tell. This was the other day with um, Haim. And in the TikTok she posted, it's kind of incredible because it's quite literally the meme music video. It's like a very shot-by-shot -shot paralleled thing of the meme music video where the three girls are wearing the pink bows and they're like, ew, at the blue bow. And like they're doing the same thing to Taylor because she's not wearing the bikini top. I know it's a joke between them. I'm sure Haim wasn't bullying her for not wearing the bikini top, but like it's just such a paralleled shot-by-shot um, -shot frame. And it's, again, like, her being they, them. Like, that is a binder, pretty much. I know it's a Louis Vuitton sports bra, but, like, it looks like a binder. And then, of course, there's the scene in Long Pond, which I think is also kind of Thaler proof and her wanting the pseudonym to be William Bowery, if she is William Bowery. Um, Jack had said when they were talking about the last great American dynasty, he was, like, joking around about Taylor and said, I was that man I've been talking about. Ha 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 ha. And then the clip like cuts. <laughs> so if Taylor is William Bowery, that's also Taylor proof. And then of course, we'll get to her birthday party on December 13th. And, or was it on December 13th? I don't know. Her birthday was December 13th of last year. And she had a joint birthday party with SD Haim. And Phoebe Bridgers posted on her birthday the link to Invisible String with the caption, Happy Birthday King. And then Gracie Abrams, a queer artist, posted, Happy Birthday King of My Heart, Body, and Soul, Whoa, which kind of gave me the original idea of um, King of My Heart being about Taylor. And I don't know if that was intentional of Gracie, but it got me thinking. And then, of course, we later on hear Phoebe call her king on a talk show the other day. And a bunch of other people just start calling Taylor King from now on. And if you haven't heard the song King by Florence and the Machine, I would definitely give it a listen, um, even if you're not a fan of Florence, because it does sound like a song Taylor could have written or helped Florence write, especially since Jack is the producer on it. Um, when it first came out, it was like two months after her birthday and the King thing was really fresh. And I was like, Taylor wrote this, like for sure Taylor wrote this. It includes lyrics that are like, I am no mother, I am no bride, I am king. Exactly. Uh, also the lyrics of, um, I need my empty halls to echo with grand self-mythology. And that is Taylor Swift's career, if I've ever heard it. And then, of course, what we've been, I've seen a couple of you mention this in the chat already. She says in the man behind the scenes, I've never smoked a cigar. I'm a lady. I'm a lady. I think she's lying. So there's the clip of her smoking the cigar in the man music video. And then at her birthday party in a picture with Esty, there was something in the background on her shelf. You can see it in that picture on the right. And she um, had photoshopped it to be like black. And everyone was like, I wonder what that is. In a different angle from the party, someone else had taken a picture of the same setup. And you can see the shelf and you can see the box without the Photoshop. And it's actually um, a box of cigars. And if you look up those cigars, they are the original alpha cigar for the original alpha male. So 
was it purposeful? Did she buy cigars for the man music video and then she kept them up there? Either way, why'd she keep them? Um, someone asked why she would Photoshop it. I think she Photoshopped it because she does still try to keep like a very good girl persona. And if people found out she was smoking tobacco, I don't think that that would go over well. But she let it be seen by other cameras and not photoshopped. So it was clearly just a thing to keep Swifties from knowing that she had cigars on her shelf. But yeah, I don't really have much else to add, but I covered a lot of ground in a very short amount of time. There's so much more um, proof than what I could even get to and they their interpretations. And I also want to shout out Ember, who is a really amazing member of the Gaylor community and she does beautiful trans interpretations of Taylor Swift songs and I want to shout out her TikTok it's emberk39 and I really 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 encourage you to check out her interpretations because her interpretations are kind of what made me realize that I had my own non-binary interpretations which made me realize why am I having non-binary interpretations which made me realize oh maybe I'm non-binary so yeah please check out Ember. She has incredible, incredible interpretation. She was going to do a presentation here and um, didn't have the time. So please go give her love on TikTok and show her that she's so hailed by the Gaylor community even if she couldn't make it. And um, thank you guys for hearing me out and for all the love in the chat. I've been reading them. So thank you so much. I'm so excited for the rest of Gaylor Fest. And okay, bye guys. I'll see you later.